0: Hi, I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma So Good, a Fruits Basket Reboot podcast. Here we talk about the second season of the Fruits Basket Reboot. We try and keep it spoiler free, but sometimes we slip up. So if you're avoiding spoilers, please check the episode description for timestamps, as well as for content warnings. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right. Episode 8. Huh? I said episode 8. Oh, episode 8. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Wait, I thought this... Oh, it is episode 8. I wrote down episode 7 in my notes because I'm brain dead. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Aren't we all? So, I liked this episode quite a bit. It wasn't, like, on quite the same level of last episode, but last episode was just, like, in outer space. But I think overall this, this arc so far has been really strong, and this episode has followed in this general theme of these Vacation House episodes just being really, really high-qual. I think when I (laughs) said high-qual, I sound like a (laughs) douchebag. I feel like... But they are high-qual. They are high-qual, but I feel like I need to, like, be uh, abducted into some sort of Silicon Valley cult now that I've let that... uh, that series of words, leave like my mouth, like, some kind of real new age bullshit where they, like, transfuse me with, like, baby blood and, like, steal all my money. That's kind of what... You know?
1: What the fuck are you talking
0: about? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, really rich, what? crazy California asshole tech bro shit? Like, they get up to a wild shit, Sophie.
1: Uh... Anyway, like saying the word "qual" and stealing your money.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, the episode. Uh, anyway, I thought the cold open was fun. It was good. It was good.
1: Me too. I I uh, I thought that uh, Kagura is uh, much funnier in like small doses. Like she was making me laugh.
0: Yeah. No, it was. You just- you need just a little bit of Kagura. A little bit of Kagura goes a long way, and if you add too much, it's, uh, <laughs> rough. But. Yeah, it's like horseradish. Yeah. Or just, like, salt, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like salty food. I actually like quite a bit of salt, uh, but still, if you have too much salt, it becomes inedible. I thought it was- it was, A, fun to see Rin just, like, immediately put Kagura on blast, just, like, it, it's, like, because we, we haven't seen Rin that much, but it's, like, a good way to start of, like, we start seeing her character through, like, these weird little scenes we have with her where it's, like, you can tell she's no bullshit and she also, like, knows your weaknesses and will come for your throat um, without a lot of provocation. And then... Yeah. I also thought the scene was, I think... It, what Actually, what stuck out to me a lot about the cold open was Kagura's mom. Because I thought that was, like, a really interesting look into what it's like being, like, a non-Zodiac member, but in the know about the whole, like, magical cult shit. Where, like, and it's also, it's like, okay, so Kagura's mom is, like, on the spectrum of Fruits Basket parents, pretty normal. And, like, on the higher, higher <laughs> end, you know, the less evil... Yeah. But right. it was interesting to see her be like, oh, shit, like, Akuto's at the vacation house, you should stay here, because I don't want you getting the shit beat out of you like that little girl. Like, just sort of this, like, yeah. they kind of know, and it's something that they just kind of live with, like, it's very culty, like, oh, yeah, head of the family might, like, put you in the fucking hospital, so I think you should stay here. And just a sort of, like, nonchalant acceptance of, like, that as a reality of life. I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I didn't think that deeply about the
1: cold open, but I completely agree with you. It is interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I also thought it was fun that, like, Kagura immediately was like, oh, Shigure's up to some shit. Like, <laughs> and then Rexidor. She um, knows. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that most of the characters, like, know Shigure is, like, scheming and, like, doing things and manipulating people, and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, that's Shigure. Like, he's not... He's subtle, and he is a skilled manipulator, but he's also not, like, he doesn't hide it. He doesn't try to hide it very much. Like, everyone no. kind of knows what he's up to, but, like, they don't really do anything about it. They're just like, yeah, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he, like, likes that.
0: I think Like, he, if does. he likes
1: being viewed like that. Yeah, I, I think he kind of does get, like, kind of a satisfaction out of it.
0: When Hitori doesn't react the way he wants to to his, like, evil machinations, he's like, why aren't you, like, what? Excuse me, why are you calling me a good person? I want to be an evil mastermind. (laughs) Which I thought was really interesting. I thought that was funny. Um, Yeah, but that's, that's what I have to say about the the cold open, Uh, because I thought it was a fun little peekaboo into Soma cult life. Yeah, it was good. What do you think comes after that? I
1: really skipped, like, the whole, I didn't skip, uh, I didn't write a lot of notes about the whole beginning, uh, well, like, because there's, like, there's ha- another scene after the Ho- opening, Hattori and comes I did about
0: it. And is, like, right. no, I thought it was, like, I was just, like, oh, okay, but I think it just stems from us both not caring that much about Hattori as a character. Um.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, if we did care about Hattori a little bit more, like, it definitely, like, is a a character moment for him, I just, like, didn't really care, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he, like, feels he, like, feels guilty that mm-hmm. he brought Akito to the estate and he clearly likes Toru.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he feels bad about it. Um, it's like, sorry, all your friends Doesn't left. make me feel bad for him. And then he's like, okay, Kyo, uh, you have to keep her entertained. This is your job. And I think his, was, but I think that maybe also was a way of being, like, keep an eye on her in case, like, Akito shows up and tries to wreck shit. Yeah. Uh, I- oh, I did write, Keo's crop top is here. He's got his- Stop, I wrote the same thing! Yeah, he's- I think- I love his crop top, because it's not exactly a true crop top, it just looks like a shirt that's too small on him. No, it's not a true crop top, he just needs to buy a new shirt. I love him. I love him and his, like, idiot- like, he grows too fast, and it's like his shirt's riding up, and- because he's he has like two shirts.
1: He has like two shirts and a hoodie. Mm-hmm. A true
0: teenage boy. Yeah. Especially a teenage boy that wears a uniform. The other day, my shirt, my little, my seventeen-year-old brother. Oh fuck, he's almost eighteen. I hate that. Um, but my seventeen-year-old brother the other day was wearing a shirt that fit him basically like that. Uh, Kyo's shitty crop top, and I was like, Declan, that shirt is too small on you. It you keep right it keeps riding up and giving you a saucy sliver, Declan, he's like, ah, shit. <laughs> 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 That's about all I had to say about the first scene was, like, Hattori is there, and then Kyo has his crop top on, which I just, it's fun. It's the crop top. Yeah. It's iconic. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was the only note I made on it, too, was his crop top.
0: <laughs> We're really on the same wavelength here.
1: Yeah, for real. Um, I think the next scene I'm pretty sure the next scene is Yuki Shigure, right? Yeah. Cool. So Yuki Shigure, uh, first of all, beautiful. Really gorgeous art. Um I actually the, the whole episode had really like beautiful art. Um, but like the shot of like uh Yuki sitting on the patio porch. Uh, and Shigeru standing over him, and it's centered, it looked really nice.
0: I agree, I loved that shot, that was one of my favorite shots in the episode. Yeah, me too. Uh,
1: I also heard that I wish that I knew what Yuki was reading, because I couldn't read it the title was in um, but because the title is in Japanese, but because the camera, like, lingered on it for a little while,
0: and I was like, I can't read this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually like the music choice for this scene, I thought it was, like, too overtly evil at that, like, where Yuki walks off and then Sugar is like, no, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied at all. And then there's, like, the weird little, like, evil music riff. It felt a little over the top to me. I was like, I don't know if this is the move. I don't remember the music, but that's fair. It, it, it's just the scene was, like, a little... Like, I think overall they've been, like, really doing super well with Shigure, but that scene was, like, really menacing, more so than any other scene really he's been in so far, and I was like, what is this? Like, it's not, like, what he's doing in that scene isn't any more diabolical than anything he's done before, so I don't know why they chose to give him, like, the evil music and, like, the voice actor kind of going extra, like, villain voice with that weird scene, and I was like, what? Why this? Why is this the moment you're doing this? It was just, like, a little strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I would have to go
1: back and rewatch this scene to, like, form an opinion on that. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was just, like, I feel like it read a little too explicitly evil for my personal taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I liked
1: that they showed us that, like, Shigure talks, like, in code a lot mm-hmm. and i liked that they, in that scene that they showed us that like yuki could like give it back to him yeah because he was also being like vague and weird and like <laughs> you know i like i like that like like shigarai's like i'm gonna come here and be vague and weird and he's like well i'm gonna be vague and weird back bye <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's like i was raised in the same cult as you bitch like
1: <laughs> we've um. lived together for two years uh we can both be vague and weird
0: <laughs> yeah it, yuki can be so vague and weird he's
1: he was very vague and weird this entire episode this is- i mean he's vague and weird this whole arc yeah but this episode in particular he was being very vague and very strange
0: <laughs> he's been like ever since he had his beach moment with toru he's just been saying like really i don't know like how you were supposed to read it without like knowing more about what's going on in his head like, f- like, try- just trying to imagine this, like, this from Toru's perspective is just, like, the stuff he says out of context is so weird. And I, I thought it was really funny how she's, like, Yuki, you are cryptic as fuck. I love you and that's valid, but I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Akito Haru? That shit was sexy. So good. That shit was sexy. I loved the, like, the rotating shot from above was just, like, so fun and cool. I loved that.
1: I know! So creative and cool! Yeah. Oh, it looked so good. And I think it, like, did a really good job, like, accentuating Akito just, like, draping themselves over Haru's lap. Yeah. That whole scene was good. The, like... I know, I say this every time, but the reboot, like, fucking nails Akito's body language. Like, the way that, like, Akito, like, puts their hand on Haru's face, asking him if they hurt his feelings. Ugh. Uh, oh, I also wanted to say that I think it's great that Haru is, like, able to, like, I mean, he tries to set boundaries with Akito, obviously it's never gonna work, because Akito doesn't respect any- anyone's boundaries. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: That's just part of who they are, um, but I like that like Haru it like is well adjusted enough and like understands what he needs enough that he's able to verbalize uh, his boundaries with Akito, even if nothing ever comes of it. I just think it's yeah. it's cool and I think it's a cool uh, reflection on Haru's character development up until this point. I best, yeah,
0: though. I also thought it was fun how clearly Haru like just straight up does not like Akito just from like yeah cuz like he's tr- like you can see how much he's like i don't know being very careful about what he says but you can also tell that he's like i do like he haru does not respect akito haru does not like akito like and i mean for good fucking reason um but i feel like a lot of the other characters have like a different reaction to akito where their relationship is either more complicated or Akito evokes a lot more fear or they just kind of try to hold themselves at a distance but Haru just kind of like sits there holding his ground which I think I think was very cool I think it's it was a cool yeah cool Haru moment love that guy yeah he's a good boy
1: I I wish we had more of Haru like I want to know like Haru's like thoughts yeah um, which I don't think we ever really get. But um. you don't
0: get into his head very often, and he's also cryptic. Um, like mm-hmm. he he's he's pretty quiet um, when he's not fucking screaming. But he's interesting. He does a lot of stuff, and he kind of, he you know he's playing the game. He very much mm-hmm. is like playing the game of like trying to do something because he's. He's one of the characters that I think is, like, actively trying to protect the other people. Like, in a lot of, like, he's always, like, one of the people that's, like, he goes and he finds Kisa when she runs away. He's always looking out for Yuki. Like, if Yuki, like, sees Akito, he comes and he checks in and he's like, are you okay? Um, and he can tell when Yuki's upset. And... You know like like he looks out for the other characters and you can see that he's trying very hard to try and protect the people he loves in the way in whatever way he can while also like grow he grew up in this like he knows he knows sort of the rules and the consequences of his actions so he knows he can't just like i don't know get into a fist fight with akito so it's interesting and i think it's also probably like I mean, like, the whole, like, like his temper issues, I think, is probably, like, when he was a kid, it was because, like, people were mean to him, and everyone thought he was an idiot, um, but now that he's grown past that, you can see that, like, what sets him off isn't being called an idiot. It's, like, I think it comes from, like, feeling powerless to help people, is I think a lot of where I think you start to see his frustration jump out.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's a hot take.
0: Thank you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haru's a good boy. We love that he's boy. He's a good boy and he's a good character. We do love that boy. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm glad that that scene was I I, I assume it was in the manga. I don't remember. Neither do I. Uh but I'm glad that they included it. <laughs> my next note is Senpai, you suck at this.
0: Yeah, my note for that was um I love Kyoru flirting. Like they're flirting with each other. And I they're think it's so cute. It's I know. So cute. Like, like he's the only one that Tora Tor will flirt with. And she's flirting. Like, I don't know if she knows yeah. she's flirting with him, but she does not talk like that to literally anyone else. Where she's like, I'm your senpai. Mm-mm. Like, she's like, <laughs> you know, it's so cute. I love them. I know they're adorable. The Kyoru of it all. The Kyoru of it all. I think it's just fun that she's just like, okay, it's me and Kyo time. And they've, they've lived together for, like, Almost two years now, or like one and a half years, I guess at this point. Um, she's just like sandcastle times, and they just chill on the beach and they make shitty piles of sand, and I love that for them.
1: Um, I think you you said this last episode, but I like the lake house is nice for Kyoru because they don't have a lot of one on one time together in the first season. Yeah. But they have a lot of one on one time together in the lake house. Yeah, it's Um, great because they're so
0: cute. You get the Kyoru because they're isolated with each other, and then you get, like, all sorts of crazy plot bullshit because everyone else is, like, Mm -hmm. locked in fucking the Akito wing, and everyone's going insane. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yuki's voice
1: actor, fucking amazing. I'm talking specifically about his laugh, which I don't, like, know if we've ever heard... Like, we've- I think we've heard Yuki, like, sort of laugh, but, like, not in the way that he laughs in that moment. Like, it's a real genuine, like, laugh. And it sounds really good. And, uh, it was so nice to
0: hear Yuki laugh. We love that. We love- it was a Yuki-Haru-truther moment. Um. Yeah! (laughs) I think it was really- it was cute, because you see, like, Yuki checking in on Haru the same way Haru checks in on him. Like, oh, you had to sit with Akito all day, like- Are you doing all right? And Haru's like, oh, I don't want to worry you. And Yuki's like, what are you talking about? And then I forget what Haru says that makes Yuki laugh. Um, But Haru's being kind of cryptic because he's in love. Um, And then Yuki laughs laughs and he's like, that's what I like to see. And I'm like, oh, they're in love. That's so cute. Um, I know.
1: I made a note of how much Haru loves seeing Yuki happy. Like, I feel like when when Haru looks the happiest, it's when he's looking at Yuki be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a parallel to how when, when Toru's happy, Kyo gets that soft face. <laughs> <laughs> the real
1: ships in Fruits Basket, Kyo and Yuki Haru.
0: Listen, I know what I like. I know what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. I
1: wrote a lot about Yuki and Toru's interaction in this scene.
0: Go right ahead, because I wrote jack shit.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying that I liked that they show us how Yuki... The, the way that Yuki, like, you, uses flirting. Because we know that like, we've seen Yuki in the past flirt with Toru just because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> Which I think is a very, like, interesting, like, character choice for Yuki to do it just because he thinks it's funny that she gets, like, flustered and overwhelmed. But I also think that, like, they show us in this scene that, like, he's using it, he's flirting with her, and he's using it so that she's flustered, but I think that he's doing it, like, almost like a defense mechanism to make it so that his words don't hold as much weight. And, like, for him to say, like, just forget about what I said last night, but, like, I don't want to forget about the kiss. Like, it's a very, like, uh... I don't know, he's like laying it on really thick and he knows how Toru's gonna react and I think he's protecting himself by doing stuff like that. Also, the compet, Like, I do think he is like still confused about what it is exactly that he feels for Toru and I think that's also one of the reasons that he is uh, like laying it on so thick and flustering her on purpose.
0: I think it's also him trying to protect her and that He's, like, Mm -hmm. trying to keep her kind of distracted so she doesn't come, like, barreling into, like... Because right now she's in, like, danger, you know? What with Akito kind of roving around, and you see that in this episode. Like, he's, like, following her around to make sure that Akito doesn't, like, jump her, basically, is what he's been (laughs) doing this episode. Um, And... I think like by kind of flustering her and keeping her from like prying too much and trying to dig too much into this situation while she's here is like he doesn't want her to like accidentally uh get involved where she might uh be put in danger so i think by kind of flustering her and keeping her distracted he's trying to protect her
1: yeah it works both ways but i i I also like that Todoru like like, makes a note of it. She, I wrote down the line that she says right after, uh, he's done with that, his little speech. It, she says, I feel like he's toying with me. Mm hmm. Which I think it's like interesting that even Toru can feel that he is like, I, I don't want to say like manipulating because like Yuki isn't manipulative, but he does use the fact that he is charming and good looking to his advantage. But I don't,
0: I don't want to say that he's manipulating. She, he's she can not. tell something's up. She can tell he's doing something. She's like, what? Um, like, even more so yeah. than, like, previous things where he'll, like, do something flirty with her just to kind of get a rise out of her, because he thinks it's funny, basically. Um, yeah. Like, she's like, this one was God, different. I think that
1: is such a funny part of his character.
0: It's, it's, it's the, it's what unites him with his brother.
1: I know, literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the
1: Soma Dramatics.
0: Yeah, uh, truly the Soma Oh, speaking
1: Dramatics. of Soma Dramatics this uh this episode had one of my least favorite moments in the manga in it um and I don't know why it makes me cringe so much and I don't know if it makes other people cringe um and it's when uh, I can't remember like exactly what they're saying but like Kyo's like why are you such an asshole or something um and Yuki says because I'm better than you which I think is how they translated it and what he's saying is What he says is ore sama."
0: Or it's Kyo says no. Uh, he says, "Who the hell do you think you are?" And
1: right, okay, that makes more sense. And Yuki goes ore sama." -sama." Um,
0: which I think is so fucking cringy. I don't know. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, like I, I I don't think it's funny. I just like cringe. (laughs) I even when I was a kid, I was like, "What the fuck are you saying?" I don't know, it's kind of weird, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. I just think it's funny, just like, because, like, what's funny is that, like, it is cringy, but also everyone, all of the characters think it's cringy too. Like, it's not like Yuki does this, right. and everyone's <laughs> like, okay, it's that, like, Yuki says this like outrageous shit and then like everyone is like, What the fuck? Everyone's except like for, Yuki, what Except for Except for Haru, who is for, like, Yeah, cause Haru No,
1: Haru immediately is like, You're so cool. <laughs> wow, Yuki's so cool.
0: Yeah, but that's because that's cause it's Haru. Um, but everyone else, it's like you see like the like Yuki or not Yuki, but like Toru and Momiji and like the kids and they're all just like, What, just, what happened? <laughs> I think it's just funny that sometimes Yuki gets too caught up in the dramatics and that he, like, sometimes just, like, becomes a little outrageous and everyone's like, what are you doing? I actually, speaking of, like, just Ore-sama
1: and, uh, do you know, what do you know about Japanese personal pronouns?
0: Um,
1: very little. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yuki uses Ore. Okay, so you can, like, choose what pronoun you use for i in japanese yeah. um you can use his ore which is a male pronoun and typically like characters who use ore are characters who are like president types like the president and mob psycho uses ore mm-hmm. or like uh I'm trying to think of another example i think like edward Elric uses ore just to like put into perspective like what kind of character usually uses it like you kind of have to like think kind of highly of yourself
0: isn't it doesn't um, it, does it's, it, it's like a very um...
1: masculine pronoun
0: Ha- Haruhi use a really masculine pronoun once, and everyone's like, no, don't do this.
1: Haruhi, <laughs> Haruhi uses, like, a military pronoun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So it's all, like, also very hyper yep. But Ore is a very, like, hyper... not hyper-masculine, but it's a very masculine pronoun, and I don't know, the... I just think it's weird that Yuki uses it. Uh, I assume he uses it in the manga. I don't know, I didn't read it in Japanese. But he... I don't know, usually characters like him use Boku. Uh, which is uh, masculine, but sometimes women use it. Like, for example, Sailor Neptune in Sailor Moon uses Boku, even though she's a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, Akito uses Boku. And so I just thought it was interesting that I would have thought that Akito would use Ore, which is like uh, the male pronoun in a position of power, and Yuki would use Boku. So I think it's interesting that they don't. Um, I'm sure I'm 20 years late on this discovery, but I can't read Japanese. So it's like my first time hearing it. Mm-hmm. That was a really random rant, sorry. No,
0: it was interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is... That is strange. Hmm. Yeah, Much it just, like, makes about. you think about, like, how
1: Yuki thinks about
0: himself. And it's also funny, because he does... He is, like, pretty androgynous looking. Um, and people point it right. out. And it, it is definitely... It's, like, it's like a sore spot for him. Like, it's something that, Maybe like, it is, like, a point of contempt. Because when, um... I mean, he's, like, so unhappy when they put him in that dress in, like, season one. He's like, I <laughs> would rather die. Um, and then also when uh, Kakaru calls him, it's like, he's, yeah, he's, I forget exactly what he's saying, but he's like, you're so pretty or some shit. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like girly or something. Yeah, and Yuki's like, he's making fun of me. <laughs> and it, like, it, it really pisses
1: him off. That, that's true, his, his masculinity is sort of a point of contention for him, so I actually, uh, I guess that would make sense as to why he uses Ore.
0: Yeah.
1: As opposed to Boku or Watsashi.
0: <sighs> Poor Yuki, compensating for being obviously gay. Yeah.
1: Wow, that was off topic, but... Anyway. Moving uh, right along. Next scene is is my fucking...
0: My bitch hockey toe <laughs> <laughs> um I would just like to say what the fuck is Corono typing like does Corono have a job yeah what like, does Corono do for work like Corono's just there like ambiguously frantically typing to like a blank computer screen cause it's just like frantically typing cause he's typing really fast I'm like what are you doing what is like what's so important like yeah um But I just thought it was funny to get- it was a weird decision to have him typing. Like, what are- what are we supposed to think he's doing? Like, does he have a job? I thought he was just, like, Akito's boy toy. Like, I actually- well, I really liked it. (laughs) I thought it was really
1: cool. Like, uh, well, like, visually, I thought it was- Really cool. Yeah. Uh, But I also thought it was interesting, like, it was was kind of, like, jarring to see Akito in the same room as a laptop, because I don't know if we ever see Akito interacting with modern technology, like, ever. True. Like, I don't even think we see Akito even use, like, a a RAM line phone. Yeah. Uh, So, like, I thought it was, like, kind of cool to have, like, uh, Kareno on a laptop in this, like, uh, you know hyper-traditional Japanese room while Akito's wearing kimono, which they normally do.
0: I don't know. It's good. I think it, like,
1: distances Kareno from Akito.
0: Yeah. That's like, true. it's, like,
1: out of place. And he's out of place.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. I didn't think of it that way.
1: I don't know. Who says this line? I I, I must have skipped ahead to the next scene because I think Shigure says that Akito is a huge superiority complex, and I'm that's putting it mildly. <laughs> Yeah. Akito is something a little bit worse than a superiority complex.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a straight-up god complex, my dude. Uh, straight up. Straight yeah. up. Straight up and down. I thought this scene where... Uh, I thought this episode was really good at characterizing kind of, like, how out of touch with reality Akito is. Where mm, yeah, when they're walking down, like, they're both walking over to, I guess, like, they're, like, talking about, like, oh, maybe you will meet Toru or whatever. And Akito's, like, oh, I'm isolating her. She's all alone. Like, I'm demonstrating to her, like, my power over her that, like, I can make her alone and she has no one. And then Kurano's, like, uh, Kyo's there. Like, and it's- it shows that, like, Akito doesn't even, like, consider the possibility that, like, people like Kyo, Um, and- Yeah. Especially because, like, they just assume- that everyone thinks Kyo is a monster and wants nothing to do with him because- and that even when Akito isn't like having them all over that I guess when they're on their own time people avoid Kyo. when in reality it's only in situations that Akito engineers that any of the Zodiac members have any real beef with Kyo. I mean except for Yuki and their weird dynamic but they also live together. Um, yeah. And they're also weird best friends. Um, so I think it's, <laughs> it's just true. like, it really shows that, like, Akito is really out of touch with everyone's actual relationships to each other. And, like, the fact that Kyo is a person. Um,
1: yeah, I was gonna say, like, I don't even think Akito, like, views Kyo as human. Like, I don't even think Akito remembered that Kyo was there. And that's why they were like Torus alone. Like I don't even think Akito was thinking like Kyo is also here. Like I think they just forgot. Because yeah. they don't even like account for them for him. Oh yeah, I like how competitive Akito is with Toru. Mm-hmm. Before even meeting her, they're like, I'm gonna beat her. Like at what? Like you're gonna beat her at what? She's not she's like not even doing anything yet. Um, so, like, I like that they show us that, that Akito is, like, very competitive with Toru, and I think, uh, like, it, it shows us that Akito, like, conflates love with loyalty and views it as something that you can, like, win through, like, strategic control. Mm-hmm. It uh, reminds me of Azula. I think Akito and Azula's storylines are very similar, uh, but especially that part of yeah. uh, exercising control over people in order to make
0: them love you. I think it was also, there was a line Shigurei said earlier in the episode that really stuck out to me where Shigurei said something like, look at how Akito is taking us back one by one. Like, Shigurei also seems to have this perception that, like, Toru is taking Zodiac members away from Akito and now Akito is fighting to get them back. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think I think is interesting that that that's also the way Shigurei's is kind of reading the situation, um, or at least at least how he's portraying it when he's in this conversation with Hitori, right? And then
1: at the end of the scene, um, I went apeshit over this on Tumblr, and no one else did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh, the moment where Akito turns to look, so like Koreno is like she's not by herself, she's with Keo, And Akito like, it has, like, very controlled body language as they turn to look at Kareno, and the music, like, swells as they just, the only thing they're doing is looking at Kareno, and it's, like, still such a tense, dramatic moment. Um, and then they pair that shot with the exact shot, like, it's framed the same, or the the... The shot composition is exactly the same in the following scene with Kyo and Toru, but it's like flipped, like on a mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just like thought it was—I just thought I just liked the way it looked. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my very roundabout way of saying that it looked good. <laughs> yeah. Not that I don't think they're trying to make like Akito, Kareno, Kyo, Toru parallels because they don't exist, but. <laughs> <laughs> It, it just was a good transition.
0: Yeah. I think it was... I like, I like the way this is just, like, an overall writing thing for Akito, um, but you see it in this episode where Akito is sickly, but also, like, I think they react to things very physically. Like, when they're upset, they start complaining about, like, the heat, or that they're sick, or, like, they're, like it's always like they I think they tend to feel emotions really physically like I know like I tend to like if I'm upset like I can like I feel sick a lot of the times and so I think Akito is very is like feels things in that way and I think they do a good job of like subtly portraying that it's just a good character detail I just like it
1: (laughs) yeah I know I I like don't have that experience and uh you saying that like that's really interesting I think you're completely right
0: I mean, if you look at any of my, eh, this is kind of like off topic, but if you look at anything I write, personally, if I'm writing like fan fiction or original writing, when I describe emotions, I always describe it really physically, because that's usually how I like, feel it. So yeah, and I think Akito describes things to a similar, similar way. I kind of feel things, even I mean, I'm not like an evil god complex like sociopath, <laughs> but like, I I yeah. also I know I know the feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this was
1: Kioru, which I actually yeah. didn't, like, write that much about.
0: Um, I have, I have a few, I have a few little, little things. I mean, I loved the scene. I thought it was really, really cute, just oh, overall. yeah, me too. But, um, I thought the voice acting, when, just, like, this. the singular line of, for, like, when he gives her, like, the, uh, for you, the little hermit crab, he just says it perfectly. It's, like, so cute. He's like, here's the crab. Like, I got a crab. Uh-huh. I. I love Keo's voice actor. I don't talk about him enough. I love him.
1: He's just so good and um I've heard I've I've like seen him in other I've seen him. I've heard him in other roles and
0: he's amazing. He's a really good actor. Yeah and he's a really good choice for Keo. It's perfect. He sounds he sounds just like I think Keo should sound. Um Yeah. And Yeah, whoever like, the casting director was fucking nailed it. They really like fucking killed. Fucking his nailed shit.
1: it. Like Yuki, Kyo, Akito sounds amazing, um, this is later in the episode, but Rin's voice actor sounds awesome. Yep. She's super intense. Uh,
0: they- oh, they did fuck up Momiji.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like Momiji was, like, doomed from the beginning, just because of the, like, the character, uh, like, archetype he is.
0: Yeah. Tragic. I don't think
1: we ever could have avoided
0: that. Tragic, Yeah, it true. really is tragic. Uh, <laughs> I- Yeah. But he does a he does a good job with Kyo. Kyo is extremely boy, and he really he really embodies that. It was
1: so weird for me to to like watch this scene without Hermit Crab Son. Like I kind of for some reason just like expected them yeah. to say Hermit Crab San because that's what it is in every translation <laughs> I've read of Roots Basket. It says Hermit Crab San. So I'm like, hermit crab song, and then they, like, say it in Japanese, and I'm like, the fuck? He has a That's name. hermit crab song. Uh, what are you talking yeah. about? Like I, Japanese.
0: I love them. I also, <laughs> I just, I think it's cute, like, Toru, like, Kyo, like, kinda needs constant reminding that Kyo, Toru actually likes spending time with him, but she, like, says it, oh, like, she, she proves it over and over again, like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, like, you don't have to, like, sit in the sand with me, like, it's fine if you wanna go swimming, and she's like, I mean i could but i'd rather just spend time with you and he's like oh shit okay And it's just like oh you you guys are so cute
1: oh they're so cute it's crazy to, it's just crazy to me that taru doesn't know she's in love with him yet
0: oh he extremely knows i
1: don't think she knows yet because he knows he extremely knows uh
0: okay yeah so them cute. getting fucked up by the wave was really cute it was also really cute um, when Kyo starts, like, s- screaming at the ocean, and Toru is just, like, so endeared by this quality of Kyo's where he'll pick a fight with the fucking ocean. She's like, you are so funny and stupid. I love you.
1: But I know. I liked. to- uh, oh, yeah, so after they get wet and they get changed, I, I wrote a note that I love- I say this all the time. I love Toru's costume design. I think, like, the, like, wardrobe of clothes that they have for her is- perfect and I thought her dress she's wearing like a blue dress with like a white shirt under it and it is adorable I love the way they design uh, Toru's costumes I think they're great
0: um I also thought it was it's I think it's interesting to see like or I, I thought it was I thought it was cool or I don't know cool but it was a good moment when Akito was like Kyo was deluded when like it's so clearly the other way around like or Akito was like Kyo is so deluded thinking he can be a person and when in reality it's like Akito is deluded into the fact that like they have no sense of Kyo's humanity when Kyo is clearly very yeah. much a person um, I also thought it was really cute that Yuki has been fucking following Akito and Kirono through the woods all day <laughs> like he- I wrote wait
1: hold on what did I write about that um I can't fucking find it. Y- Yuki spying on Akito, who is spying on Kyo. The layers. <laughs> I
0: just, like, I think, oh, I actually wrote about this earlier, but I guess I forgot to talk about it, but I think it's, like, Kyo is, or, not Kyo, but Yuki is being hella protective um, of Toru in this episode, like, yeah. just, like, yuki is like i know akito is crazy and i know akito has a history of violence with women and i know akito is feeling personally jealous of toru right now so i will crawl around in the woods all day and keep an eye on akito and that's why they he gets into the fight with Kyo earlier is he's like listen i don't give a fuck what kind of rise akito tries to get out of you you cannot take the bait like I know you and I know you're a person that always takes the bait, but I swear to God if you fuck up and this comes out hurting Toru, I will rip off your balls. Like <laughs> that is like the energy that interaction has to me, you know.
1: Kyo, you will least spade as well as neuter. <laughs> I love how like, well, Yuki knows Akito.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: something they don't talk about a lot, but like Yuki knows Akito really well.
0: Yeah. I think it's funny. I think it's funny to see you- or it's not funny, but it's- it's- it's cool, and it's like a fun character development to see Yuki taking this active role with Akito, where instead of just, like, trying to avoid them and try to keep themselves safe, they've now taken this position of, I have to protect someone else from Akito, which is something they've never done before. Wow. Wow. So, Rin! Rin! Rin. How exciting.
1: <laughs> uh, Rin's reveal was really good. I was living in fear of it because of the boobies two weeks ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought it was, I thought it looked really good. Yeah,
0: no, they did And the music, like, the pacing of it was great. I was afraid it would be horny, but it wasn't. And I would like to thank. It wasn't. I would like to thank the director for not taking this opportunity to be horny about it like he did last time he had a chance to be horny about Rin. He had that opportunity and he said, no, thank you. And I would like to say, God bless. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you, sir. It makes me hopeful for, uh, I was referring to two instances of nudity in Fruits Basket. The drins reveal, it was one of them. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the second one will also go over well. This one did give me hope for it.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: It better because it's my favorite page of the manga. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. I um yep. Yeah. I wrote that uh, uh <laughs> Toru sees a naked hot girl, Toru runs away screaming.
0: <laughs> I just I mean I was talking about this with you earlier, but I think it's so funny that out of all of the times Toru has seen naked Zodiac members, this is like the strongest reaction she's had to any of them. Like
1: cuz she's like, "Oh god, I think I'm bi." She's like,
0: "Oh my god, she's sexy." like she's so she's hot she's just like her brain is just like fucking like white noise and like titties
1: like <laughs> yuki's like trying to talk to her and just, she's just like oh god
0: <laughs> she's like bright red yuki is completely unfazed yuki's just like he doesn't even care it's because he's gay yeah <laughs> she's like kind of fucked up that she like or his only comment is he's like thinks it's funny that she's so get so mad at him while she's like fucking naked she's like he's like wow she's got some guts
1: (laughs) i always i actually always thought that was a weird comment because i had just always assumed that yuki has seen her naked before because she's so like sickly all the time Mm -hmm. that like i just don't believe that that's the first time he's seen her naked
0: yeah i i didn't read that comment as being like a product of that being the first time he's seen her naked i just thought like i don't know He thought it was funny that she was getting, like, way up in his face while wearing a sheet, like.
1: Yeah. Um, I did want to say, like, Yuki and Rin's relationship is, like, very weird from the beginning. Like, I, I can't, like, gauge their relationship. I don't think they interact that much after this. No. But, um, like, I don't know, like, the way they talk to each other is, like, I don't know just kind of weird.
0: I just don't know how they feel about each other. I thought it was really funny how, like... Especially because I think this... This this interaction, I think, was, like, atypical for them. Because you can tell when she's, like, screaming at him. Um, it's like, first she's just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And he's like, lol. Um, and then she's like, you're Akito's little boy toy. And... She's- and she expects that to be what gets- she's like, okay, if I'm gonna kill you didn't get him, this for sure will. And he doesn't react, and she's like, what the fuck? And she, like, fucking bolts. She,
1: like... (laughs) I disagree on- on that take, actually. Really? I thought Yuki looks really hurt. Like, in the way that it was framed, Mm -hmm. I thought that, like, like, the camera, like, panning to, like, reveal his expression- I thought that, like, he looked hurt by that comment.
0: I don't think... I think... I think it did hurt him, and I... But I think he's, like... I think it didn't get the reaction she was expecting from the way she reacts. Like, he's... he's ups, but he's... He just kind of, like... He just kind of glowers at her. Like, like she's... He, it's, like... He just kind of, like... It, it looks mostly like he's just kind of pissed that she hit below the belt. Like, you know...
1: I don't know, like, what other reaction she would have expected from him, though. Because he's not someone who would, like, get angry. Like, if anything, he would shut down completely.
0: It doesn't look like he shuts down to me, though. It mostly just kind of looks like he's... No,
1: no, he doesn't... He doesn't shut down in this scene. That's the reaction that I think she would have
0: expected is for him to shut down. Yeah. But he doesn't get angry, either. No. He just looks hurt. She she looks caught off guard, though. She looks like... She's, like... You're Akito's little boy toy. And then he just kind of, like, looks at her, like, seriously. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, like you can tell that, like, she, like, she's, like, this. She can tell that Yuki's, like, changing. Like, she can tell that he's, like, since they've last interacted, yeah. Yuki has come more into himself and has, like, is harder to shake. And so she's like, oh. Yeah she's kind of freaked out she's like okay well like this didn't work like when she it's like it's as like a comparison to like the cold open where sh- she wants kagura like kagura to get off her back and she's like maybe you should stop pretending to be in love with Kyo and kagura is like upset and like pulls away mm-hmm. and gets like distracted is then she goes and she's like okay i'm gonna pull the same move with yuki and yuki's just like seriously dude And she's like, huh. Yeah. And and he he doesn't back off. Right. And so then she's like, ah, shit, I have to leave. I don't know how to handle this interaction.
1: I was so sad that Crunchyroll didn't translate it as boy toy. They just translated it as toy.
0: Was it translated as boy toy in the
1: manga? Or in the Tokyo Pop version? I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was a fan translation. That's the No, no. It it had to be the Tokyo Pop one because I know for a fact it was in I used to take Fruits Basket out from the library. Uh. uh and I remember reading that phrase in the book I had taken out of the library, which is the Tokyo Pop official version of the manga. Okay. Um but Boy Toy, like I I like I liked Boy Toy as a translation, but it is like kind of sexual. It yeah. is, like Boy Toy has a sexual connotation to it me. It does. But I like that, like, I think, like, it's very condescending coming from Rin to tell Yuki that he's Akito's boy toy, as in, like, Akito's just using him for whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. But I think toy works the same way, but boy toy is, I don't know. It's just slightly it different, a little different
0: Yeah.
1: I guess both translations are good, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But, but like, that was where I learned the phrase boy toy, was Fruits
0: Basket. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I know corrupting young minds uh truly (laughs) i think it's so funny to like go back and like i don't know because there's definitely shit that flew way over my head when i was reading this as like a fucking 11 year old so much like the part where Ayami's like i'm a bottom (laughs) like that meant nothing to me when i was 11 i was like what is he talking Mm -hmm. about
1: now I know. I know. There's, like, so much of Fruits Basket where I'm like, I did not understand this when I was 10. Because I didn't know what sex was. <laughs> Back to the scene. Oh, I like, um, Toru telling Yuki, like, I, like Yuki's being very, like, vague and weird in this episode, like we've talked about. But I like that by the end of the episode, like, Toru says... In a very vague way that she, that when he's ready to talk, she will be there for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that she kind of figured out uh, how to match that.
0: Yeah. She's speaking Soma. <laughs> yeah. She's learned their cryptic language. I thought that was a sweet moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, too. There's, there's, I love them. They have such a good relationship. And the like. I keep calling it lake house, the beach house uh, arc really, like,
0: solidifies, uh, the two of them. Yeah. I think it's, like, uh, it's- it's a good arc for sort of where we really start to see, like, the Kyoru and the Yuki and Toru dynamics, like, really, truly diverse- like, like, see how starkly different they are. Because, like, they've never been the same from the get-go, just, like, the way they interact with each other is totally different because Yuki and Kyo are such different characters. But like early on, they play it as a love triangle. And then I think by true form, the love triangle episode, the love triangle angle basically drops away for the most part. But then you sort of see elements of it just, but not necessarily because I think there's supposed to be a real tension between Yuki and Kyo and who's gonna get the girl, but you see the ten, it's it's more the tension of just like Yuki trying to sort out his own feelings um, where, yeah. It's like, there's still some kind of weird, like, romantic things happening with Yuki and Toru, but it's not really a product of them trying to, like, work this love triangle angle. It's more just like, let's get into Yuki's mommy issues.
1: (laughs) I just think it's amazing that Takaya managed to write such a compelling, compulsive heterosexuality uh, instance of compet. Um, with Yuki and how he feels about Toru and how he works through realizing what his feelings are about her in this arc. Um, and then did not make him gay? It. Because it's combat! That's what he's feeling! He's feeling like he has to be romantically interested in her because he doesn't know how else to, like, reconcile the fact that he loves her, um, in any other way. Because it's just the way that you're supposed to feel about women.
0: Queen and um, homophobic as a man. allies strikes again. Like how did she manage to write like that is his arc in this Yeah. It in is, this part it of the, the story and like it's such a perfect example. It's like a perfect example of compet. Like I definitely like know that exact feeling. Like especially like I remember. Oh, for sure. Like you're you're totally right. Like I don't know if I've ever like quite connected this, but that is like exactly it what Yuki is going through is he's like Yeah. Really really cares about this person. I mean it's like like, that, like, that exact feeling is the
1: reason that, like, me and I'm sure a lot of other lesbians dated their male high school best friends. Yep. Yeah. Because you love them and, but you don't understand, like, that you don't have to love them in a romantic way to love them.
0: Yep. 100% why I dated my high school boyfriend. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Takaya, what the fuck? Takaya, <laughs> Once it's again, such a well-written compet. Girl, what are you doing? Once again, um, queen of writing gay narratives while also being, like, so straight. The homophobic. It's, it's like, it's really just... The, the, the true tension in Fruits Basket is the allyship versus the homophobia in the narrative. <laughs> um, God. God. Yeah.
1: But... Uh, there's I had one more note because I think the last scene in Fruits Basket is actually Shigure and Hatsuri oh it's oh and Akito yeah Uh, did you have anything to say about it because I I I didn't have I only had one
0: thing to say I had like I have like one thing to say too I just think it looks sexy (laughs)
1: <laughs> it did look sexy. I just, you know, the transition I, was good, the transition of opening and closing I the I doors. I loved
0: just, like, the opening, and it's, like, Akito is, like, centered, and then there's, like, it, like, in the foreground, you have, like, Shigure and Hattori, like, sitting, facing each other. I just thought it looked cool. I thought it was sexy to look at. Um, no,
1: it looked great.
0: Yeah, that was my only comment.
1: It looked awesome. Um, I wrote, okay, have you seen Revolutionary Girl Utena? No. Okay, well, you haven't seen Revolutionary Girl Utena, so this reference is not going to make any sense to you. But if anyone listening has listened to Utena, not listened, has watched Utena, the way it was it was the music behind the line and the canter in which the, the Shigurei's voice actor delivers the line, is this a storm I feel coming? It reminded me of the shadow plays in Utena, just like the, like, the, the, the patameter in which he says it and the music. It was very, uh, shadow play. I don't. I don't know if it was a reference to Utena, but it really sounded like it. Amelia, I'm gonna send you, um, like, a clip of it later, because, like, it really sounded like it, and it was weird.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's everything I have to say on the episode. I liked it. It was good. We had some good room moments. We had some spicy Akito stuff. Yeah. Yuki being a dude. Yeah. Being a- on his little self-journey, <laughs> or personal journey of self-growth, and- you know, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good episode. I liked it. Cool.
1: Um, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Tumblr at somasogood. If there's anything you want to ask us or any topics you want to discuss on the podcast, just hit us up on social media. Uh, also, we just put all of our podcast episodes up on Anchor, and so now they're up on
0: iTunes. So you can rate us on iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> so official. Rate <laughs> us on iTunes. Share with your friend. Get the word out there. This is what everyone needs in their life. Two lesbians talking about exactly. Fruit's Basket. Only the second season. Like, what else
1: are you doing? What else are you doing with your quarantine other than listening to exactly?
0: Us? Make all of your friends binge watch Fruit's Basket and then listen to our podcast so they can come into the light of our searingly hot takes (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so yeah thanks and see you next time
1: bye